Saturday morning, and you are in the zone on the fan. Keeping you company on Fishing Opener Saturday. Wonderful to be with you, as always, on this lovely Saturday morning. You are officially in the zone on the fan. I am Dave Sinekin, joined, as always, by my partner, the professor of hoopology. He is a gopher legend and an NBA champion, and he is Double T, Tread Tucker, in the house. Good morning, partner. Good morning, Davey. How we doing? Uh, you know, things are good. Weather's nice. It seems like that spring has... Finally sprung. I think summer has sprung. I think we don't get spring anymore. That's do we? true. You're it's right. Kind of just Close sort of like jumps right over. 80, right? Pretty much. Yeah. Uh, beautiful day in store. I know many of you are either on the lakes or on your way to the lakes uh, to enjoy a fishing opener. Wish you much success and what hopefully a day uh, bed, huh? perfect day. I believe. I mean, it's not windy. Not I think rainy. is a cloudy better though for fishing. Well, a cloudier day. Cloudy and, and rainy. Yeah, I don't know about I rainy. Fish, but I think the fish bite more when it rains. Is that true? I believe so. Wow. That's yeah. a good nugget if that's true. I think some of the pros can, if they're listening, they might be able to weigh in and tell me. Well, they were listening till about 8 o'clock, and then I probably turned things off and got serious about catching some fish. Um, we'll go with it anyway. Um, I kind of missed your so- a soothing phone call from you last night after – you know, you you sort of helped me out this week after Buck Celtics games with phone calls to tell I me what you loved. I was at hockey last night, I'm sorry. Loved what you hated. That that explains it. Yeah, I was at hockey last night. It I was, was it was an expectation. Track of the score and, you know, I wasn't too surprised to see Boston come back and win and Jason Tatum have a huge game. I think you and I talked about this maybe a week ago or so, is that you know, Drew Holiday is a every other game player. He had some big moments in game five, you know, just a big block shot, a couple of big baskets coming down the stretch. What a finish to that game. Had huh? a big steal. So, you know, game seven tomorrow is 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 his should be his on game because last night was an off game for him. What would help the box is if it was also a Chris Middleton on game because they clearly just missed that second scorer. It's hard to keep up. I mean, I we go back a few weeks. Remember, I sat here and said, what if there's a game seven and the Bucks sort of gave home court advantage to the Celtics? What am I going to feel like if it's 3-3 and now game seven's in Boston? Well, actually, the home team's only won two games in this series. The, the, the road team's four and two, so I don't feel horrible, but it is it is difficult to win a game seven on the road. Well, you know, you know, this should give you some comfort. Milwaukee won its first championship last year, yep. and they had to go on the road in game seven to beat the Nets. It's true. They know they can do it. They know they can do it. So they've Um, been there before. And, you know, Boston is going to feel all the pressure now because they are supposed to to close out the Milwaukee Bucks on their their foot in a Game 7 type situation. And you hate to get to a Game 7 type situation if you're the home team that's up three games to two because now you know you have to go back on the road and play another game. But it's a crapshoot. Anybody could step up. Some guy that we haven't heard of, all of a sudden now he has one of those days. Uh, don't remind us about Kareem Rush, you know, in game six in 2004. You love to bring that up. You know, we're, we're all trying to forget it, but you bring it up every month or so. Six for six in, the, yeah. in, a, in a crucial game against the Wolves. So, But I'm taking the Milwaukee Bucks tomorrow in game seven. Oh, well, you stuck with them, and I, I appreciate that. It's been a just a really entertaining series, and we thought – 
going into the these semifinals across the league that this was the one to watch because these two teams were probably two of the four best teams in basketball. And then we'll talk about the heat in a bit because they don't get a lot of respect. But I think many believe that whoever comes out of this series is likely to represent the East. And it's been, if you love basketball, it's just been ultimately entertaining game to game with, with crazy storylines. You know, Jason Tatum has, I'd say struggled for the most part in this series has not looked like Jason Tatum until last night when he was brilliant. I mean, Milwaukee cuts it to 85-81 after trailing by 10 or 12 most of the game. They're finally making a run, and then Tatum just takes over, hits a corner three, just 28 points in the second half for Tatum, 16 of those in the fourth quarter. He finishes with 46-9. and nine. And that's the, they're all saying afterwards, it's the signature game of his career. He finally came up with that explosive welcome to the superstar level Jason Tatum game. You can't take it away from him. He was the difference last night. There were a number of heroes for the Celtics. Marcus Smart early, uh, but it was Jason Tatum late, and the Bucks had no answers for him. Well, Marcus Smart, you know, Marcus Smart bounced back, you know, from a, a tough three-possession situation to end the game in, in game five for the Boston Celtics. Yep. It just shows you how, how tough he is. And if you heard his post-game comments, he'd say, hey, they made a good play. You know, we I didn't I didn't make I didn't make the right play at the end of the game, so I give the Milwaukee Bucks their credit. He said, "And we have a game six, so I have uh, another game to to go back out and correct myself." And that's the type of mindset, you know, that you have to have on your team at this time of the year. You know, guys who understand that hey, I I put us in a bad situation. I thought I could make a play here or there. The defense came up. They made a better play. They walk away with a crucial win. But now I, I have to erase that moment and get myself back together and go out here and perform in game number six. And, and like you mentioned, Marcus Smart got out to a very good start in game number six, and that was huge for the Boston Celtics. Going back to the end of game five for a second, a couple stats I saw following that improbable Bucks comeback. Going into that game, Boston was 141-0 and at home, went up by 9-plus in the fourth quarter of playoff games. 141-0. and 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 check this out. In, in all the NBA, teams were 232-0 and in the last 232 playoff games when leading by 6-plus in the final two minutes. And the Bucs erased both of those. Uh, again, a couple amazing plays. Portis with the offensive rebound on Giannis's missed free throw. Uh, you mentioned Drew Holiday's block of Marcus Smart. Giannis big three to cut it from six to three. And Giannis, who had been like two for 20 from three, and still fires one up in a key moment and, and knocks it down. And uh, and the Bucks can probably come back to win that one. And they take that 3-2 lead into five-serve forum last night. And really, from the start, it was Boston's night. I yeah. mean, they they jumped out to a big lead early, and the Bucks were playing catch-up and just didn't have the firepower. And... I mean, you know how I feel about Grayson Allen, right? I've made my feelings very well known. I'm not a fan of the way he plays basketball, and he was really good in that bowl series and knocked down some big shots and looked like just what the doctor ordered. He has been horrendous against the Celtics, and last night, I know you're not a big plus-minus guy because (laughs) that wasn't a thing in the 80s and 90s, Um, but Grayson Allen last night was minus 29, so the Bucs were you know, outscored by 29 points when he was on the floor, when he was on the floor, he, he, they cannot play him in this series. He was one for seven 
uh, in 22 minutes of action and uh, was an absolute liability. He was pretty good in game five, right? He made a couple shots. He, he made a couple shots, but but by and large in this series. He, he, no, he hasn't shot the ball well. And, when, and, you know, just watching him play against the Celtics compared to how he played against the Bulls, you know, he was able to do some things against the Bulls defense where, you know, it may have given him false hope now that he could play one-on-one against the, perhaps the best defensive team in the league against the Boston Celtics. Mm-hmm. That game that he brings to the table from a one-on-one standpoint would not work against the Boston Celtics. So and that's where Coach Bud has to sit him down and say, this is how you're going to help us. We don't need you to try to play one-on-one. We need you to be a spot-up shooter. If, if our better players now can, can get, the, get the attention of the defense, you're going to have to knock down open shots. You're going to have to knock down open shots. Anytime you try to take someone off the dribble, your shot gets blocked, or you turn the ball over, that's a bad possession for us. Now, we can live with open missed shots. We like to see you knock them down. But the thing we cannot have against this team is empty possessions by turning the basketball over. And there have been too many of those. Uh, it was just a rough night for anybody on the Bucks not named Giannis. Uh, the Bucks not named Giannis were 5 for 26 from deep. Uh, they scored a total of 51 points. The rest of the team scored 51 points last night. You know, Giannis, brilliant again, 44 points, 20 rebounds, 5 assists. Just the third player in NBA history, Double T, to post a 40-25 game in the playoffs. You may have heard of the other two, Wilt and Shaq. Um, they're also one-name guys. That's what, that's what Giannis is. He's a modern-day Wilt and Shaq. Yeah, and you, it's true. Uh, and you, you referenced that when we talked earlier this week. It might have been after game four when Horford went nuts and you couldn't believe that, you know, Brooke Lopez was on the court trying to to stop Al Horford. Uh, but you referenced that that he's kind of like Will Chamberlain right now. He's that dominant. We haven't seen a guy. We've seen it now for the last few years. But now we see it in big moments and in big games. What He can just overpower virtually anybody. Now he gets himself in trouble with offensive fouls and trying to do stuff maybe that he shouldn't sometimes. But that dominant physical being... <laughs> We really haven't seen since Shaq. You know, in a very, very long time. And and just to go back to another point about the Milwaukee Bucks, when you talked about they were, what, five for, five for 26 from deep outside see, of Giannis. See, and this is where coaching comes into play. Okay, now I see that my team, my team doesn't have it going from the three-point line. Every missed shot leads to a quick run out now by the Boston Celtics. Mm-hmm. It allows Jason Tatum to get into the open floor. We can't get back quick enough to get our defense set to slow him down. So if the outside shot is not going, and I know, you know, that's a that's a primary thing that you guys like to do, but let's make an adjustment. Let's slow the game down. Let's go inside. Now maybe you insert Brook Lopez into the game and say, we want you to go down low. No more three-point shots for a while. We got to get control of the tempo of the game so that we can keep ourselves in the game with a chance to win coming down the stretch. And you have to be able to make adjustments with inside the game, not just from game to game. I'm not sure they're real good at that, Budenholzer and his staff. It feels like uh, there there are times when it seems kind of obvious, hey, this isn't working, let's do something different, like getting Brooke out the other night when Horford's killing you. Um, they don't seem to make those adjustments in-game, and that's and, frustrating. And I, and I know everybody comes in with the game plan, and yeah, but... You know, you practice enough with these with, with these players. You have ample time with these guys. 
you know, to, to practice different types of situations so that when you get into a moment in a tough game like a game six and something is not working, how do we go to the second phase to see how we can use our better players differently to keep us in the game with a chance to win coming down the stretch? Because, you know, if I'm 5 for 26, 5 for 27 from the three-point line, and we're just jacking up three-point shots as quick as we can, and I see that this is feeding into what the opposition wants to do, it's time for me now as a head coach to get a timeout, slow the troops down, regather ourselves, and figure out another game that we need to go to and to see if they can defend that. So game seven tomorrow afternoon, 2.30 in Boston. You like the Bucks. Why do you think uh, the road team winning will continue in the crucial game seven? Well, I, I think, you know, Drew Holiday, if, if he continues on this pattern that I've seen over the last few years, you know, I mentioned he's an every-other-game player. And game seven should be a game that he's on. So I think that he could be the difference maker tomorrow for the Milwaukee Bucks. And we'll see if Chris Middleton gets activated. There's been some rumbling that they might put him in uniform in a game that where the season's on the line. Obviously, you want to make sure that knee is stable, yeah. and I'm sure he'd be on a minute's restriction. And I don't know how much you get out of Chris Middleton. He hasn't played in a couple of weeks. Um, and maybe that's a bad decision. What do you think? To put a guy in like that if he's not maybe quite close to 100%. Well, you know, if you put him on the floor, you know, would that change the thought process of the Boston Celtics on how they're going to defend the Milwaukee Bucks? You know, they may think, wow, he's out here now. He's another guy that's going to occupy someone that could give other guys some more space to operate. And Giannis might have some more free space as well. But you want to make sure that you don't want to put Chris Middleton on the floor where he can hurt the team. That's the one thing you don't want mm -hmm. And if he's not fully ready to go, if he's not 75, 80%, 80 85% ready to go, I wouldn't play him at all. We'll find out. Uh, it's Game 7 tomorrow, one of two NBA Game 7s on Sunday. That's a pretty nice daily double of an afternoon for NBA fans. We'll, uh, we'll talk about Suns Mavericks. We'll talk about the other two teams that have punched their tickets to the conference finals, the Warriors uh, and the Miami Heat. Plenty of NBA conversation throughout the program today. Uh, NFL schedules have come out. We will weigh in. We'll do our usual game-by-game -game breakdown of the Purple's 2022 schedule. Twins get a win last night. Lots to get to. We welcome your input, as always, 800-320-53. Nope, is that right? Is it local? Is it the 800? I always forget if we're just doing local or 800, Brett. It's the 800 number. 800-320-5326. Email us at the Bradshaw and Bryant inbox booth at kfan.com. Glad to have you along for the ride. We are in the zone on the fan. Twenty-one on a Saturday morning. You're in the zone. Tucker and Sinekin hanging out till 10 as usual. We'll hand off uh, things to Tita Green at 10 o'clock. Common man Dan Cole, ping guy Paul Peterson, master professional Craig Warrior. The game of golf on tap from 10 to noon. It's Tita Green on the fan. Then Saturdays with Sauce follows at noon. Mentioned it's a uh, fishing opener. We know that. It's also... Um, Stamp Out Hunger Postal Food Drive Day, something I always like to mention on this, on this Saturday in May. 
to help out your neighbors in need. Uh, encouraged to put some food by your mailbox, and your postal carrier will pick up whatever food you leave and deliver it to the closest food shelf in the area. So uh, please go to your pantry, find some food, throw it in a bag, put it by your mailbox, and the postal carriers will do the rest. It's Stamp Out Hunger Postal Food Drive Day. Uh, it's an annual thing, and we hope you will help feed our hungry neighbors. Um, we're talking NBA basketball. We mentioned Bucks celtics The uh, Celtics extend the series to a Game 7. That happens tomorrow afternoon. Um, last night, Double T, the uh, Golden State Warriors, following just an epic no-show in Game 5, um, rebounded quite nicely, I think, as many expected. Uh, they were, I think, eight-point favorites last night. It was a close game all the way through. It was. It was uh, a close game to their last, what, four or five minutes of the fourth quarter? I was sound asleep by then. I'll take your word for it. it 110-96, the final. Yeah, they had a nice little run at the end. Uh, but, the, I mean, Memphis was right there. You know, I, I think the game got away from Memphis at the end of the first half, had a seven-point lead made with, four or five minutes to go. Mm -hmm. And to close out the first half, they go 0 for 10. They didn't go 0 for 10 because Golden State was playing such great defense. They went 0 for 10 because a young team, you know, took some very, very, very difficult shots. And that's where I go back to once again. Here's coaching. Okay, we have a chance now maybe to go into halftime, maybe up by 7, maybe up by Mm 8, maybe up by 10. I know you like the three-point shot. I know you have a young a young group and you want to play fast, but also we want to try to win the game. At some point in time, you got to call a timeout and change some things. Say, hey, we got, the three is there, we'll take it. But let's make sure now, you know, that we execute and come down and exhaust the 24-second shot clock and force them to play defense. Let's try to get a good shot every time down and to see what the end of the first half looks like. Golden State wasn't scoring either during that time because they were throwing the ball all over the place. And I felt like last night, Golden State was just waiting for Memphis to win the game. Mm. What do you mean by that? Because they turned the ball over and over and, and Clay and and and, um, and Steph and Draymond, they were throwing the ball all over the place. They were just waiting for Memphis to take control of the game and win. But when Memphis could not take control of the game and win, and all of a sudden, you know, they got a little spark, a little run right there at the end, and they were able to close them out. But it was it was a game last night for Memphis to win for sure. Uh, we know they were playing without John Morant, who uh, injured his knee a couple games earlier, not when Jordan Poole, Poole kind of tweaked his knee, but a bit earlier in the game. And they had been very good without John. And obviously game five, when they, you know, had a 55-point lead at one point, and, uh, and Tyus Jones was fantastic in that game, it made people sort of stand up and go, wow, I mean, is this team maybe better with, without John Morant? Uh, Tyus kind of tumbled back to earth last night, at least from a shooting perspective. Yeah, he had a tough shooting night. Just two for 12. He did yeah. have nine rebounds, eight assists, and, you know, he's earned himself a whole lot of money. Yeah, last night, you know, Brandon Clark missed like four or five, you know, easy shots. He was two for 10 as well. Yep. So, you know, those two guys, if if they knocked down 40% of their shots last night, it's a game number seven. I mean, the whole team shot 35%. Right. Jaron Jackson, five for 19. Like uh, I say, in the fourth quarter, it was at one point in time with about maybe five minutes to go. It was 89, 87 Memphis. Yeah, see, I was sound asleep. So (laughs) I, I didn't realize they closed it to that number. No, I mean, the game never got away from them. 
No, the game never the game didn't get away from Memphis until the end. It was a nip and tuck game back and forth. Mm-hmm. One team may go up by six or seven. All of a sudden, somebody going to seven or eight or run. It was never a double digit lead until until the Warriors closed them out in the last two to three minutes. You know that's when Golden State got away. And it was what they like to call a Game Six Clay night. Clay had a, a reminiscent of what we expect from Clay with thirty points, uh, hitting those threes and just hitting daggers, right? And, and they got you know he the guy who made the difference down the stretch. I know Clay's going to get the headline. The guy that kept Golden State in the game and, and really put them in position to win? Bielitsa? was Andrew Wiggins. It was a joke. I, I, I knew know. it wasn't Andrew Bielitsa. Wiggins made big shots after big shot after big shot in that stretch. When Memphis took the lead, 89-87, Andrew Wiggins hits a three. Andrew Wiggins hits another three. He gets an offensive rebound. So that Wait, this was, is Andrew Wiggins we're talking about? Yes, the former gopher. Not for, let's say gopher, former, former Timberwolves. Timberwolves. Yes. So how did the trade look now, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. The guy they drafted in the lottery couldn't even get off the bench well, last night. So. And he went, what, I think at one point in time he had 17 points and 10 rebounds. So there was a moment where the game could have gone either way. You know, Andrew Wiggins had like two, maybe three or four crucial baskets or three or four crucial plays to allow the Golden State Warriors to stay stay close enough to pull away at the end. Just to kind of make it hurt a little bit more, Wiggins with 18 and 11 in uh, a game. Well, he had 41 minutes of action. Clay actually played 42. Curry played 40. I mean, this when you get to game sixes, you know, the, the benches get even tighter. They really just played a seven-man rotation last night. Well, they had to play. They had to play that long because I, I'm telling you, you know, Golden State was had like 14 or 15 turnovers. I mean, they were just throwing the ball all over the place. I'm mm. telling you, they were waiting for Memphis to blow them out. But Memphis was just too young and too inexperienced to take control of their basketball game. Before we move on from that game, just I want to go back to game five for a second because if Golden State has serious designs on, on winning a championship, and obviously they, they are right there to do it, they're in the final four, how do you explain a game like that? that I don't think the championship, I don't think they could be, I don't think they could be, if Phoenix gets past Dallas, they can't beat the Suns. Is Memphis just a better matchup for them? Is Phoenix? They, 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 they just, no, they can't. The Suns have more talent, and also they have more control. I don't think Golden State could, could, could beat Phoenix if Phoenix, is, if Phoenix gets past Dallas tomorrow. They were down by 55 points in a basketball game. I mean, that doesn't even – a team with a healthy Steph, Clay, and Draymond Green, and Jordan Poole, put him in the mix. I'm telling you. How does that happen? Memphis had them rattled. Memphis, they were waiting for Memphis to beat them last night. Yeah. They were waiting for Memphis to beat them, but they were just too young and too inexperienced, and the head coach, maybe him being in his, what, first, second, whatever year he's second, in. Second, third year, yeah. You know, he wasn't, he wasn't seasoned enough to seize the moment. One final question on Tyus Jones, because, you know, he stepped in and played major minutes. Oh, he and played very well during his playoff run. What, what is the market, do you think, for Tyus Jones? Is he a, has he earned a starting point guard job somewhere? Is, is there a team that's going to throw, you know, $20 million a year at Tyus Jones? What, where do you think his market is this offseason? It's very high. I don't know if he is a, is a starter. But he's a fifteen to twenty million dollar backup player. Let me ask you this: When the Wolf season ended, you made the comment you'd be okay if Jordan McLaughlin was the Wolf starting point guard next year. You liked the way this team played when he was leading the offense. 
he feels like Tyus Jones light to me. You know, he does a lot of the things Tyus does. So my question is, would this team be better served? Not that they're going to sign Tyus Jones, but, you know, I think we can all agree Tyus Jones is a better basketball player than Jordan McLaughlin. I don't know. Does his skill set fit right now? I don't know. With this group? Now, Tyus Jones has been in some big games throughout his entire basketball career. You know, as an eighth grader, he was a starter on varsity at Alpha Valley. You know, he wins the state championship. He goes to Duke as a freshman and makes a huge shot to give them a national championship. He has always been a big a big play player. He's a guy that make big shots in big moments. I think that if there's a difference with, with McLaughlin that I, I would give a slight edge to is on the defensive end. McLaughlin's a very good defensive player. And when Andrew, when, when Anthony uh, Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns, I think they have two potential all-star type players where Memphis doesn't have that other than John Morant, you know, that could allow McLaughlin now to be a starting point guard because they wouldn't have to count on him to be a third wheel or so to help those other two guys out. Maybe McDaniel steps up to be that third guy you add to the mix. And McLaughlin becomes that glue. He's a guy that can run the offense. He's a pretty good defensive player. He showed in a crucial moment in the big game in, in the first round of the playoffs where he stepped in and knocked down four crucial three-point shots. So I think he has the mental makeup, you know, to play with, you know, all-star type players, and he could be a solid starting point guard for them. It's interesting to see what his market is like once the season ends and, and free agency is uh, is out there because he earned himself millions of dollars with a great series. Yeah, get- Tyus Jones is, I don't know how much he's making right now. Yeah. But for sure, he is... He's moved past the, the seven-digit club. Well, and I think what makes him, <laughs> no question, what makes him so valuable, T, is just that he doesn't turn the ball over. You know, he's got the, the best turnover to assist-to-turnover ratio in the league, and I think he's shown that if you want to give him a heavier workload and put more on his plate, he's up to that challenge. I mean, he, he, he checked all the boxes. Forget about the shooting last night. Yeah. Uh, he, he checked all the boxes, nine rebounds, eight assists. No, he's, you know, he, he does it all. You know, I, I have always liked him as a player. You know, he's a, he's steady, he's heady, he's smart. And like I said, you know, there are some guys who are just who are just built to make big plays in big moments. And, and throughout his entire basketball career, from, from youth basketball all the way to the NBA, you know, he has been one of those guys. Not an all-star player. Not a superstar player, but someone who is steady, who is solid, who is consistent, and who is a real pro. And Tyus Jones is all of that. It's a great season for Tyus. For the Grizzlies, they come up short. The Warriors move on. They will face the winner of Suns Mavericks. We'll weigh in on that game seven. When we come back, we'll take a look at how the Heat Sixers series ended, uh, what the Heat have to do to, to get to the finals, and where the Sixers go from here. And we'll take some calls next segment as well. NBA conversation rolls on in the zone on the fan.
Wow, we are back. 8.40 on a Saturday morning. You're in the zone on the fan. Tucker and Sinekin hanging out with you. Twins uh, bats exploded last night in a win over the Cleveland, is it Guardians? Guardians. For some reason, I get Cleveland's baseball name and Washington's football name mixed up. Yeah. I want to call them the Cleveland Commanders. Maybe it's the alliteration of the deal. Okay. But I'll call them the Guardians because that's who they are. Twins win a 12-8. We're in first place, right? Four home runs. Yeah, I think so. I didn't look. Are they? Yeah. Yeah, probably so. Right. Royce Lewis, first career home run, is a memorable one, a grand slam last night. And after a early week where the Astros had their way with the Twins. Astros are tough. They're very good. Astros are tough. No question. Yeah. It is uh, tough. Twins bats erupt last night. Fun game. Nine run fifth inning. And um, and they take care of Cleveland. They'll go at it again tonight. Aaron Gleeman just tweeted out that uh, Devin Smeltzer has been called up to start tonight. It'll be his first start since August of 2020. And he gets the uh, he gets the call tonight at Target Field. Twins back it's in be action. Be a gorgeous night for baseball. Huh? Beautiful night for baseball. If we can keep Byron Bucks in health, yes. You think that'd be a uh, a good thing? <laughs> that should be a good I think thing, everybody right? would like to see what kind of numbers he could put up uh, if he plays 150 games. He? He's he's as good as it gets. Yeah, no question. I mean, when he came up, you know, he 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 struggled with at the bat, but you could just see the overall talent. And once his, you know, his his bat was able to catch up with the speed of the ball, he just exploded onto the scene. But now the the major concern for him is keeping him healthy. You know, all of a sudden you see him going these four, five, or six game tears, and then all of a sudden, you know, he gets hurt. He have another tear. We are going another seven, eight game tear, yeah. and then he gets hurt. And well, I think you have to learn to just not take as many chances out in the field. Right. That's where he, he seems to get it. He's a very aggressive player. Yeah. I mean, and how can Which you, you respect. You know, you respect that, right? Just the wall has nothing on me. Well, yeah, the wall does. The wall wins. Um, or those diving catch. Sometimes just let the ball fall. You know, you don't have to break your collarbone trying to make a catch for out number two in the fourth inning of a, you know, three-to-one game. Just let it drop and That's who he is. live to play another day. Yeah. But if he um, can stay healthy, he, you know, he really gives the Twins Maybe a chance to really win this division for sure, and we'll see if they can make some noise in the uh, in the playoffs. Before we get back to our uh, NBA playoff conversation, let's welcome Matt checking in from Brooklyn Park. Good morning, Matt. Hey, morning, guys. Dave, you mentioned the two game sevens tomorrow. How about and I know it's not your favorite sport, but how about three game sevens in the NHL tonight? Oh, Trent, no doubt you, about you it. Care? Are you rooting for? Right. I think it's great. I, Trent, are you are you rooting for anyone in particular or no? You know, I like Sidney Crosby a great deal, but. Isn't he you know, hurt? The Rangers haven't won a Stanley Cup since 1994. I'm hoping that the Rangers can pull off a win in Game 7. You've always been a Rangers well, they guy. won last they won, well, yeah, the they won last won night 5-3 in Pittsburgh, so they go out, you know, if they can win a Game 7 when they when they go back to Madison Square Garden. But you know, the, the seven games you're talking about tonight, I think is was it Edmonton and L.A. is one of them? Yeah, it's a... Carolina, Boston, Toronto, Tampa, and Edmonton, and LA, LA, all yeah, game seven. Right. Yep. Those are all tonight? All tonight, yeah. Wow. I know what I'll yeah, be doing. it couldn't have worked out any better. You're watching a movie the, somewhere. The Lightning, have been my, <laughs> the Lightning have been my adopted team for years since the Red Wings have stunk, but I think I'm rooting for the Leafs tonight because they talk about a team, a franchise that has had heartache. They oh, haven't no won in ages. I would love to see the, the Leafs win as much as I like the Lightning. But anyway, back to the NBA, guys. Um, Dave, you mentioned Tyus Jones. You know, the Pistons, I know no one cares about him. They've got some cap space. Detroit Free Press has already mentioned him as a possibility to pair with Cunningham. 
Um, I would rather have Jalen Brunson, but I can't imagine the Mavericks are going to let Brunson go. It just seems like he's really coming into his own. Um, but what do you think about Tyus? Or what about Tyus the Phoenix? Because Paul's obviously getting old. But how do you like this one, you guys? I heard a caller calling the other day, and I laughed out loud. The, the Suns should trade for LeBron James and trade Aiton and Bridges. You guys, there is no way in the world that I would do that. I am so tired of LeBron James, all the baggage <laughs> that he brings. It's all about him. He has ruined the Lakers. Now, it's part of the front office for thinking that Showtime was going to come back and they get all these goofballs that are untradeable. But there's no chance. I would re-sign Aiton, love Bridges. you got to get younger at point guard because it looks like Paul's getting old. Maybe get Tyus Jones or somebody like that. But no chance in the world that I'll do it. So what do you guys think about that call or say in that trade? And uh, as always, have a great day, you guys. Enjoy the day. Yeah, thanks a lot, Matt. It is the season of what should the Lakers do with LeBron or, or about putting people around LeBron. LeBron's as at fault as anybody because he's like a de facto GM. You know, he wanted the Westbrook trade. He's, he's made no shortage of demands of the guys he wants around him. And obviously it, it blew up in their faces. There's all kinds of, uh, speculation out there. I, I saw or heard the other day Golden State should trade because he wants to play with Curry. You heard LeBron say he'd love to play with Curry. Yeah, who wouldn't, right? Exactly. <laughs> but but you're not going to do a deal with the Lakers where the Lakers don't receive somebody beyond, I think they said like uh, Wiggins, Kuminga, and uh, that big center that, that didn't play this year that they drafted last okay. season. That's not going to happen. Um, that's not going to happen. I mean, you're going to have to put pool in there. You have to put some players in there. Yes. Yeah, uh, he's it's not going fantasy. to. It's a fantasy. It's a fantasy dream. Man. Put LeBron with Steph, Draymond, and Clay. Like, yeah, you don't have to yeah. get any of those guys. The Lakers right. will take your bit parts. And then, so it, it gets ridiculous, some of the speculation out there. The Lakers are, have a. They stuck. They are stuck. And they are the franchise that gets the most talk, and they always well, will. Yeah, there's a story franchise next to the Boston Celtics. But they're uh, stuck. I don't, know, yeah, I don't know what they can do, and they can't even seem to find an idea of what coach they should bring in to try to deal with the mess. Uh, would you want to go coach that situation? A New York guy, Mark Jackson's a, supposedly a finalist there. Is that a good situation? Is he the right guy? I mean, what? I don't know. I don't really want to spend too much time I on would, the Lakers. I, I would love to see Mark Jackson have a chance to go to Sacramento. But they just hired a guy. Yeah, I know, but but it, they, that you like that fit for. Yeah, him. I like that fit for him. I, w- I would love to see him go to a team like a young basketball team. He can kind of mold and help. Was it DeAndre Fox? You know, understand what is what is really like to play the point guard position. Yeah, because Fox is very explosive. He's quick. He's athletic. You know, but I think you know really understanding how to play the position. You need someone who has been there before to help you understand those things. Uh, Matt did mention the NHL. Uh, we didn't mention the wild season coming to a close Thursday yeah. night. How are you guys both uh, handling it? That was a very, very disappointing. Yeah, I, I thought you know, I, I know, I thought Game Five was you know was the game, and I, I thought it was a critical moment. Maybe if I can remember, there was a situation where I think who's number five on defense is it Middleton? Yeah, Middleton. I think he lost a a one on one battle down there in the corner. Mm-hmm. And and St. Louis was able to win that matchup, and they scored off of that off of that situation to go up three games to two, and the Wild never recovered from there. Yeah, Brad, your thoughts? I know you're kind of in mourning today. You're not yeah. wearing black, but you may as well be. I know that was a tough one for you to handle. <laughs> yeah, that that's uh, you know, like I said, Packers in January, Wild in May. They constantly break my heart year after year. Um, to me, it was the game four. It was or. Um, where, where the Wild were up 2-1, and they're going to St. Louis, a wounded Blues team. They smelled their 
be getting desperate playing their backup goalie. They had, you know, they should have smelled blood in the water and just stepped on their throats right there, but they didn't. They let them back into the game, back into the series, and then it just kind of all snowballed from there, and the Wild started panicking. That Middleton play where, I mean, immediately goal off of losing a one-on-one battle below your own goal line, throws it right in front. Flurry has no shot. So, um, yeah, a lot of things went wrong. But it, it's, you know, you can get mad at the format all you want, but you got to you got to win hockey games to, to win the Stanley Cup. Yes, true. What's yeah. the deal with Fleury? Is he, was he a rental player? Because I know they gave up a high draft pick. Will he be back next season? What's with Talbot? Like, what's the goalie situation? So it was, it was a conditional uh, draft pick. So it's a second rounder. It would have been a first rounder had we made the Western Conference Finals. So then always for that one. But uh, yep. so, um, so, yeah, it's only a second rounder. I know that Talbot, or at least, you know, this is next level, you know, first world problems but i know his wife on twitter has been very verbal about him wanting to be out or you know we're excited for wherever life takes us next like saying we're out of here so i think Flurry's going to be at least another one year deal that would be my reading through the in between the lines but uh yeah the the name of the game is we have a prospect over in sweden that's uh really good in goalie and uh, he'll probably play for iowa next year and then minnesota the following year got it so. there you go so postscript on uh, on the wild uh, early early exit, very good season, no doubt, very, very, no very doubt, right? You guys had all kinds of, of fun, kind of like the wolf season, season in a bit, they, in they a just, way. They they got a they got a bad matchup in the first round against the team that they struggled against. Yeah, the mighty St. Louis Blues. But now you got your Rangers to root for, so you got something. That's true. All right, we'll pause here. We'll come back, resume our NBA conversations. We'll take a look at Suns Mavs game seven tomorrow. Uh, we'll talk about the Heat. Sixer series, how that ended and what's next for both of those teams as our NBA conversation moves on. Uh, NFL chatter as well. Next hour, we'll take a look at the Viking schedule, the Packers schedule, and our early thoughts on uh, the season that is just a few short months away. In the Zone, hour two, right after these. With you, 856, you're in the zone with Tucker and Sinekin. One hour down, one hour to go. We'll uh, make way for T to Green with the common man Dan Cole. A cast of thousands at 10. Saturdays with Sauce follows at noon today, live and local on the fan. Mentioned uh, last segment, three game sevens for you uh, puckheads tonight to enjoy. 
and uh, us hoops fans get two tomorrow beginning with bucks at celtics the uh boston celtics force a game seven with a 13 point win behind jason tatum's 46 points in milwaukee last night game seven tomorrow afternoon then tomorrow night in uh, the land of the sun the top seeded phoenix suns have been extended to seven games against uh, the dallas mavericks and double t we get uh a double dip of game sevens, and you know Phoenix certainly the overwhelming favorite all season. Games, we get five games of game seven, three in hockey and two in the NBA. I was talking about <laughs> the sport with national appeal, <laughs> basketball. Um, I know we're the state of hockey. I understand that, um, but we're talking about the two game sevens in the NBA tomorrow. Um, how surprised are you that Dallas has extended Phoenix to seven games, as dominant as Phoenix was all season long? I mean, it would take them a month to lose three games. Um, Dallas has, you know, made things very difficult for Phoenix. What what have they done? What what have you seen? In, I don't know how much of the series you've watched, but how surprised are you that it's going the limit? Well, I, I think after the, the first two games, I think Jason Kidd made some adjustments offensively, you know, to let Luka know that he needs to have, you know, some patience to allow his teammates to help him as well. He put up some big numbers, I think, in game one or game two. Where he had like 45 points in one game here or there. You know, but as a lone soldier against a very good team, it's hard for your team to win. And you need to balance that thing out offensively. And I, and I think in the three games that they have won, they have found that balance on the offensive end. But also, over the last few games, they have figured something out on how to defend Chris Paul. Hmm. When Chris Paul comes off the pick and roll, you have to be up there right away. You have to force him more times than not, if you can, to pick up his dribble. In the games that he has been explosive against the Pelicans when he closed them out, and also in the first few games, Chris Paul has, has been allowed to come off that pick and roll and just find free space to go to to get off a 15-foot jump shot. It seems like Dallas has found a way to take that away. And if they can continue that type of defense to slow him down in, in game number seven and get a huge game from Luka and with the other few guys uh, chipping in, the Phoenix Suns could find themselves in real trouble. It's a remarkable story. It really is. I mean, Phoenix looked like they were going to coast to the Western Conference Finals. And, you know, Dallas is a team that kind of remade themselves with the Kristaps trade during the season. They bring in, you know, some players, and they've all sort of figured it out. And, and we talked, you know, Jalen Brunson has sort of emerged as a – a potential star, going to be a free agent, you know, tough. no doubt. You know, those Villanova kids play hard-nosed, gritty basketball. They know how to play the game. Yeah. And he's emerged, and really the reason I think His Dallas is where they are. As well. Rick Brunson was a great yeah. player, no oh. doubt. Very solid, good genes there. Um, and they're playing without Hardaway, right? I mean, they're not 100%. But also they're making their three-point shots at home. They know they're going to have to make some three-point shots tomorrow night as well. But you just can't live and die with a three. I think Luca needs to, you know, to work himself going to the basket as much as he can tomorrow to see if he can get some of those tough defenders from the Suns in early foul trouble, and that could be a huge plus for the Dallas Mavericks. One fun thing about some of these best of seven series is the rivalries and some of the the heated moments that emerge that that go game to game. And the new rivalry kind of brewing here is is Luca and and Booker. Uh, are kind of get into each other's headspace a little bit. And, you know, that looks like a, a like we talked about the other, the Golden State, Memphis, that those are two teams that are going to be around for a little while yet. And Memphis isn't going anywhere. And Dylan Brooks is now the villain. And, and, and I think Booker and Doncic have sort of 
started a nice little rivalry. They they've gotten into each other's heads, and we'll see what which of those two guys can emerge in Game Seven. I think Booker needs he doesn't need a Jason Tatum type game. He might, but he needs to. Be, <laughs> he, he, he might. He, he needs inciting that game tomorrow. He needs to be the guy to me in Game Seven because Chris Paul is going to do his thing in a Game Seven, but Booker is going to have to be that Tatum level type player. Well, and, and and Dallas have you know guys who are who are long and athletic, who should be able to get up and contest some of those tough shots that Devin Booker is going to take. You know, but I think the key. For Dallas tomorrow, if they're going to have a chance to win in the Valley of the Sun, they're going to have to control Chris Paul. They have to control Chris Paul. They have to make the game very hard for Chris Paul tomorrow. If Chris Paul is allowed to have space and freedom at the start of the game. It's a bad sign for the Dallas Mavericks. Yeah, I have a hard time believing that Chris Paul is going to let his team lose a game seven. You know, I you just got to trap Chris Paul. I mean, because when they run that pick and roll, see, this is where in game coaching comes. So, hey, if they set the pick at 28 feet, we trap it right away. Why? Because they throw the ball to DeAndre Aiden. He can't make a play at 28 feet. If we allow Chris Paul to come off that pick and roll and that big guy just keep dropping back and dropping back and dropping back, now when Chris Paul gets to 15 feet and you step up, now he can make the lob pass. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping that you know, Jason Kidd, with all of his basketball experience as a player, watching the film along with his team, and he can make some of those in-game adjustments if he has to. So that game seven is tomorrow night in Phoenix. Dallas looking for the huge upset in Phoenix. Again, earlier in the day, it's Milwaukee at Boston. Game seven, the winner in that one will advance to face the top-seeded Miami Heat. They uh, took care of um, Joel Embiid and the Sixers on Thursday night to move on to, I think, their third Eastern Conference final in the last four years. Jimmy Butler was brilliant in this series. He was the star of this series. He was fantastic <clears throat> doing things uh, in big games, in big spots like like superstars do. He, he, he is a guy who is a winner. He hasn't won a championship yet, but Jimmy Butler is just, a, you know, he's a winner. He's a winner. And I know we always talk about, you know, there's certain guys who are, who are in a certain room because they've won championships. But wherever Jimmy Butler has gone, his team has been a playoff contender too. You can't dispute it. Uh, there's no doubt. We know how things ended here. It was not pretty and it was not enjoyable. But they were a playoff team. But they were a playoff team. Philadelphia was the team that advanced until Ka- Kawhi Leonard made the, you know, the bounce, the bounce, the bounce, the bounce, you know, to put a nation, a country in a situation to win an NBA championship. Yeah. And then he goes to Miami and where they are now in the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, he's great. They also have a great coach and a great uh, front office executive in Pat Riley who just finds guys like this Struess guy off the street who now, I mean, he had, he's, you know, like a star in the making, and they just they found him, this Vincent kid. I mean, they just find guys that become playoff rotation players, and I think that's just the, the signature the of a great organization. Last year, Duncan, what's his name? Duncan Robinson. Duncan Robinson. Can't get in the game. $90 million contract. Can't get in the game. DNPCD. Did not play coach's decision virtually the entire but he series. He might be valuable coming to Eastern Conference Finals. Right, depending on the matchup, yeah. exactly. There's no question. Um, that Miami team made things very difficult for Philly, uh, which was dealing with a compromised Joel Embiid who had the thumb injury and then, of course, the concussion and the orbital socket thing and just trying to fight through everything. But that Philadelphia team, which, you know, early in the season, you know, looked like they might be taken really seriously the way they were playing. Then they make the big trade, you know, for, for Harden. And, um, you know, 
they came up big time empty in this series. And Harden, with an opportunity to make a statement with Embiid, you know, out a little bit and not being 100%, Harden was not up to the task. So let's start there. What What is the future of James Harden? I think he has a player option, which I'm sure he will exercise. 47 million. Yeah, like close to 50 million. He's he's not walking away from that. But what what is Harden's future in your mind? What What is the best situation for him and what team at what dollar amount uh, is going to spend on James Harden where he is in his career right now? Well, beyond next season, because he'll be a sixer next year. Yeah, I mean, that's, I think next year will will be the um, the telling sign on what James Harden's future is going to look like. I mean, it's hard to speculate right now because he goes to Philadelphia, what, with the season three quarters of the way over. Mm-hmm. Uh, he get off to a decent start because they played two bad teams in his first two games that he 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 joined the team. He has 26 points, and everybody's saying, well, we got, you know, the tandem that we believe that Philadelphia now needs to get, you know, to an NBA championship. But we've seen this, you know, this movie before with the Philadelphia 76ers. You know, Ben Simmons was their guy. They were the best team in the Eastern Conference one year. Come playoff time, they couldn't get past the Atlanta Hawks or the Toronto Raptors. Ben Simmons doesn't play this year. Everyone says it's his fault. When they make the trade, they get James Harden. I know MB went down with some injuries here and there, but they were very lucky to get past Toronto. Toronto holds on to win game number three. You know, Philadelphia doesn't survive this series. You know, MB made a very, very, I'm going to say, a Kawhi Leonard-type shot in game number three to, to put them up three games to zero. But when it comes down to winning games in tough moments over the last three to four years, the Philadelphia 76ers have not shown the mental toughness to get it done. And for James Harden, I, I, I'm like you. I don't think he's going to walk away from $47.4 million. But he may, because there might be someone out there willing to give him a three or four year deal. We all know that. Just takes one person to come to the party with you. But it's all about next year for James Harden to see where his future lies. Harden and Kyrie Irving are two guys. I think it's hard to figure out what to do with them if you're an NBA team. You know, whether it's age, whether it's salary, and whether it's quirkiness or whether it's style of play. I mean, to me, Irving is is a guy I'd rather have on my team because of what he can bring you, you know, in, in key moments. We've seen it. We haven't necessarily seen that from Harden very often in big games and big, in big spots, but you know, Irving also, it sounds like Nike's not going to do his, a new shoe deal because I don't know that any team can commit to Kyrie Irving, you know, for five years, 250 no, million, right? I, I mean, he's, he's the kind of guy you almost have to sign year to year because you know, his spirit is just, he takes him wherever he wants. You just don't know how committed he is to playing. Well, I fought the Nets this year for Kyrie Irving, okay? Kyrie Irving decided that he's not going to get the, vac- the, the, the vaccination, okay? Yep. That's his personal choice. I got no problem with that. Mm-hmm. New York City has a law and said that if you're not vaccinated, you are not allowed to work in a public place, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So the Nets had a choice to make. They knew that they could get him for at least 41 games. They made a decision at the beginning of the season to say, if you are not all the way in, then we are not all the way in with you as well. So they decided that he's not going to play. They made that choice. Yep. They lose James Harden. They lose Kevin Durant to an injury. Now they buckle and they give in because they want to win basketball games. Whatever, 
whatever the culture they was trying to set for the Brooklyn Nets, they broke it because when it became more important than setting the right tone for the franchise. So they gave in to Kyrie Irving. So what are you mad at him for? Because you already knew who Kyrie Irving was. Yeah, it's fair. So you understood that he was not going to get vaccinated. He told you that. New York City had a law. Mm-hmm. Said that people who are not vaccinated cannot work in the public place. So the Nets put themselves in a very, very bad situation. Now can they correct the mistakes they made this year? Only time would tell. Yeah, no doubt. Let's close on this segment back at Miami. Because, again, they're, to me, they're about the most underappreciated top seed that we've seen in a while. They've been given very little uh, respect, in my mind, for uh, for what they've done. And I, I do think they are a pretty solid team across the line. They just won a series pretty handily playing without Kyle Lowry, who is a key mem- a member of that squad. And certainly come playoff time, Kyle Lowry has proven to be just a great player. So assuming they get him back, which I believe that is the expectation in the Eastern Conference Finals, I I I believe Boston's going to beat Milwaukee. You think Milwaukee has a chance for whoever comes out of that series? Yeah, Milwaukee has a great chance to win it. Uh, I hope you're right, and you've been right much more than I in this series. So I'm. And they may not win. I but feel much better. Chance. I feel very good that that you feel good about my club's chance. Yeah, and my I, hometown I mean, club's yeah, chance because they they have shown that they have the mental makeup. I mean, you know, you get down what you're down in game five, and you fourteen keep, points with ten to go. Just keep coming. Just keep coming. Just keep coming. And in a game seven situation last year on the road against, at that time, many people were saying the best player in basketball in Kevin Durant. It kept coming. It kept coming. They found a way to get over that. Heart of a champion, we like to call it. That's what it's all about. And, And Boston understands this. Yeah, we got game seven on our home floor. That's why we work so hard throughout the regular season to get ourselves into this situation. But they know the team they facing tomorrow can beat them on their home floor. Yeah, they've done it two out of three times already. And so someone said, you know, how many teams have gone on the road to win three games to win a playoff series? I don't know how many teams have done that, but I know one that did do it, the 1993 Chicago Bulls. Won three games on the road to win the NBA championship. You were familiar with that squad. Yeah, yeah, you were uh, you were in uniform. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So regardless of who does come out of that series, do you give Miami a chance to beat either? Uh, they are the top seed. They will have home court advantage. Uh, again, Butler has been brilliant. Uh, you know whether it's Struess or whether it's Tyler Hero or Bam Adebayo, um, they've got a nice cohesive group that. Kind they of, play hard. They, they do, play hard. and they seem to almost like the idea that they're under-respected. Like, they, they drive that and, and, and flow with that. I give Miami a, a very good chance. I mean, Boston-Milwaukee, this series has been brutally physical. Whichever team comes out is going to be, I think, beat a, up. a little beat up, a little just sort of a release, like, oh, my God, I got through that series. But now here comes Miami. Um, I give Miami a very good chance uh, against either team, uh, certainly early in the series. Um, but you, you'd still look like you, you still are believing in, in the Bucks. I think I, I, I you know, I, I think the Bucks is still the team, or I think the Milwaukee is still the team to beat in the um, in the, in the East? Eastern Conference. Even though Boston could win Game Seven tomorrow and move on, they will be favored because, for sure because they are they are good enough to do that. Yeah, I just don't know if Miami. I just don't know if Miami has enough firepower to beat either one of those teams in a seven-game matchup. 
Hmm. I just don't think they have enough firepower. Because Jalen, because you got Brown, you got Tatum, you got Smart. You know, Al Horford's a guy that can step up and make shots. You know, Boston is very solid on the defensive end. And outside of Jimmy Butler, do they really have another go-to guy that can get you points off the dribble? They can make offense either for himself or someone else. I think Hero can. I just, you know, he's, but he, you know, he can score, but he doesn't make his teammates better. Hmm. Jimmy Butler makes his teammates better. Tyler Hero is is a is a very good offensive player. Shoots his three, he's athletic enough to get to the rim, but he's not going to get you twenty five points and ten assists. Butler can get you thirty and ten. That's the difference when you talk about a superstar compared to a guy who's a very good basketball No player. doubt. Yeah. Um, Boston favored by five, by the way, uh, tomorrow. Well, in game you know, seven. see, you know, if, if I, okay, so just put five points on the board for Milwaukee to start the game. Can we just do that? <laughs> if we do that, then okay, I, I like that more. Then, then I, I would believe in Vegas a whole lot more. I hear you. <laughs> we'll pause here. We'll come back. We'll, uh, we'll change our um, emphasis to the National Football League. The schedules came out. We'll chat, chat about that. The Vikings have rookie minicap weekend. There's football being played in the area. And, um, yep, the season's still a few months away. Uh, but with the schedule out, we have lots to chat about. We'll do that when we come back in the zone. On a Saturday morning, you're in the zone. Tucker and Senekin, we're with you till 10 as usual. Uh, Tita Green follows us. Common man, Dan Cole, Paul Peterson, Craig Warren, <clears throat> golf conversation. Speaking of golf, I'm sure they will touch on the fact that Lefty uh, will not defend his PGA championship. Is he out? He is uh, withdrawn from the PGA. Is he upset with the PGA Tour? Um, with the officials? I think more so the PGA is upset with him uh, as he tried to take himself and a number of players to a new Saudi Arabian-funded um, tour. How do you feel about that? Well, I, yeah, I'm i not in favor of players leaving the PGA Tour uh, to head to Saudi Arabia. and They can't play both? No. Well, I, no, I don't think so. I mean, well, first of all, I don't really stand for what Saudi Arabia stands okay, for when it comes right. to human rights. I don't think I'd want to put, you know, money into their economy. You know, maybe if it's another country trying to go up, start against the PGA, I might take a look at it, but okay. well, they, PGA well, they, has they, created they, they a lot of opportunity for these well, guys. Saudi Arabia won't need no money from us. No, they probably don't. <laughs> okay. And they're not worried about my concerns <laughs> about their human rights issues either. Right. I know. So, but I mean, um, what I'm just saying from a, from a golf standpoint, you know, just a sports standpoint, you, you think is, you don't think it's the right thing to do. You well, if another tour wants to poach players and, and go after it, I look, it's it's their prerogative. Players want to leave the PGA, that's fine, but then I don't think they should be allowed back for the majors because they want to compete in the majors. Well, they're out, you, they're out. But, but, but what if all your top players leave? Well, you find new young players, and you, you re-stock uh, you your, you know? 
Yeah, I understand. It, it's fraught with, with, you know. So if Tiger wanted to go, you think the PGA is still going to stand in his way? Well, Tiger at this point, you know, <laughs> he's on his own island. You right. know, there's, they, there's they, nobody they, like. He wanted to have Tiger now? Yeah, probably not. He wants to come back and play in the Masters? Yeah, probably not. Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll see how that all works out. I'm sure more on, on lefty and, and that situation but also he has on TD off Green. The, off the course uh, situations going on as well. Right? That is correct. Yeah. Um, NFL schedules were released on Thursday night. It's kind of a holiday. I was, well, the leaks came out early for the Packers schedule. Like the whole home schedule was released by like noon. Okay. So for me, I'm rapidly going to hotels.com just to lock in a bunch of hotel rooms that I know I can cancel if I don't go. Okay. But if you don't make hotel reservations, like the day the schedule comes out around green, I'm already on, on that day, on Thursday. Everything was sold out. I pretty much had to look at, um, Appleton still had a few hotels, but Green Bay was completely booked. So it's it's there one of those deals. You have to be on top of things. What's that? There are hotels in Green Bay now? There are hotels oh, okay. in Green Bay, okay. yes. They do have places to stay okay. in uh, within the city limits. Um, all right, so first of all, Big picture, the season opener is Bills at Rams on Thursday night. That should be a fantastic game. Obviously, the Bills are the favorites to win the Super Bowl this year after uh, what we saw in the playoffs and that amazing game in Kansas City. And they add Von Miller. Uh, they add Dalvin's little brother in the draft. Uh, they've added some things, and uh, most believe the Bills are the team to beat in a very competitive uh, AFC. And you know, it's funny, you look at all the big primetime games, and the AFC West is everywhere. Like, virtually every AFC West game is in primetime this year because with those well, four I mean, quarterbacks. First, what, in the first Monday night football game is uh, Broncos and Seahawks. In Seattle. Yeah. It's it's probably the only time Seattle will be on in primetime because they are going to be a train wreck this year, most believe. Um, but Russ's return to Seattle on Monday night football in the season opener is is great theater and it's a great way to do it in week one don't you think just have him back right away let's celebrate you know that return and then we don't have to watch seattle the rest of the season well, you get joe buck and troy aikman now right that's correct we understand why they left Fox. <laughs> <laughs> yeah their their espn uh lineup the monday night games are are terrific they they got a really good slate of games uh no question i i saw jim nance uh, and romo on as well and they're just smiling because the afc you know, right now, that's the deep conference with all it's the young quarterbacks, right? right? So CBS gets all these amazing matchups week in, week out. They even get like a a Rams, it's an NFC game late. I don't know if it's Rams, Cowboys, or Rams, two really good NFC teams. That's also a CBS game. So they, yeah. have, they, have, they have a great slate. Of course, there will be games on Amazon. Rams and Cowboys? What's well, we, that? You're going to wake up Jamar with that, Rams yeah, and well, Cowboys. No doubt. Um, the highest price ticket right now. For a game in the NFL season, for one matchup, you know, there's a, there's amazing matchups all across the landscape. Grand. No, the average ticket. Oh, the average yeah. ticket. The average ticket for the most um, anticipated game is like $620 right now. You want to know which game that would be? The most anticipated, highest price ticket right now? Packers-Vikings? You got half of it right. <laughs> <laughs> it's Packers-Cowboys. It's the uh, return of Mike McCarthy to Lambeau Field. That and That's, I think, driven by Cowboys fans who want to probably come up to Lambeau for that one. That's the scene of the catch. That wasn't yeah. by, by Dez. Um, that might have been the last time Dallas was there. But, but yeah, that's the highest game, price right? ticket. Would that be a close game? I hope not. Yeah, probably not. We'll see. Dallas is a, a you know one of those teams that I think could win 12 games, and it wouldn't shock me if they won eight either. That'll wake Jamar up for sure. A lot of people are on Philly. They they are all aboard the Philly. Who was it that just picked um, Rich Eisen, I think, picked uh, Philly to go to the Super Bowl? 
That's his, that's his NFC pick, which fosters a lot of belief in Jalen Hurts to kind of figure things out. But adding A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith in, in year two. Well, they, they have some pieces now. A nice offensive line. But you have to put – you have to you have to steal. This is where coaching comes in. Now, I understand the pieces that you have. Mm-hmm. But you have to put the quarterback in a system where he can function. So you have to understand the talent that's going to lead your team. I know there might you might have an idea on how you want to play. But if that person who is driving the engine doesn't fit that game plan, but then you have to design one that fits his game. So if the Philadelphia Eagles are going to be successful, with all the pieces now they've added, they have to make sure they put Jalen Hurts in a situation where he's comfortable. Well, they're in a great spot. I think they've done a really good job in acquiring draft assets. They've got a couple number ones next season. So if Jalen Hurts does not take that step and they've put all this receiver help around him, they don't have a great running game, but it's okay. They have a good defense. They're in a lousy division um, with Dallas. And, you know, Washington, you just don't know with Carson Wentz and the Giants are kind of starting over. Uh, Philly's in position. Yeah, starting over for the last, since, since, Lawrence, since, since uh, Eli left pretty yeah, much, left, or even yeah. while Eli was still there. Um, talking the boys left. If exactly, if Hurts, uh, if Jalen Hurts does not take a step, they are in position to go up and get so a quarterback what's the step next for, season. You know, I keep, you know, I, I hear this a lot about the step. Yeah. What's the step for Jalen Hurts? Okay, his consistency. Team, to me, it's consistency. His team was a playoff team this past year. Yep, they he were lost, he, borderline. Were they nine and eight? I well, mean, you know, the Dallas Cowboys they got in because there's an everybody extra team. the Dallas Cowboys are the best team. They play in the worst division of football. So if they can't win their division, yeah. But then how good are the Dallas Cowboys? Okay, we all talk about the Dallas Cowboys are Super Bowl contenders, but they play in the worst division in all of football. Mm-hmm. So you put them in a better division where they have to play against other teams who are at the top. You know, of the NFC, would the Dallas Cowboys be really considered an NFL Super Bowl contender? Yeah. No, probably not. Right. So I hear everybody say, what's the next step for Jalen Hurts? Okay. This past year, with not the same assets now that Philly has been able to acquire so far this year. They were a playoff team. They lose to TB12, Tom Brady. So when you say the next step for, for Jalen Hurts, is it first round of playoffs? Or is it NFC Championship game, or is it get to the Super Bowl? So, yeah, it, so, so somebody has. To, I think they have to identify what the next step is for Jalen Hurts. Well, to me, it's not how far the team goes. I, I, that's not what I mean. Okay, because it's not just about Jalen Hurts. How far Philly goes? It's watching Jalen Hurts play. The accuracy. You know, he missed so many throws that you just expect a quarterback to make. And again, he's young, and he's got young receivers, and it's understandable. There's a learning curve, but now you're in year three. And, and you weren't a number one pick. You know, you weren't a guy that was taken really high up in the draft. That doesn't necessarily mean everything, but... Russell Wilson was a third round. Right, but again, that's the exception. Most guys, like, you know, Davis Mills was a third round pick last year. Ended up starting almost the whole year for Houston. And, yeah. and he looked like a guy that has more potential than Jalen Hurts because he just made more uh, quality throws more often, Which more consistently. I was on the Houston Texans. Boy, but, uh, and they were terrible. But that almost, gives, <laughs> but that almost makes go. me feel stronger for him that he had nothing around him well there's no expectation that's true right i'll when give you that the, yeah when you you know all of a sudden now you put him in the market where he has to make that throw yeah is he that guy and we don't know we, we probably won't know until they get better which might be a couple years away i just think everything's in place this year i think for Hertz. sometimes it takes a guy a couple years and i think um that's See, why a Hurst lot of people are bullish like, on that like when he was at alabama they say tour came in he had to win the championship the year before 
Alabama defense couldn't stop Deshaun Watson. They went down to the last play. Jalen Hurts drove his team down. They scored a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts lost two games with Alabama. <laughs> and he wasn't good enough. Now, two or one, the national championship the next year. But then the following year, Jalen Hurts had to bail him out. So, and the reason I asked the question when they say, Cole, he has to take the next step. And if I'm Jalen Hurts, I'm trying to figure out. I'm not saying the Eagles have to take the next step. Like, they have to now win two playoff games. He has to look. No, the Eagles have to take the next step, too. Well, that's the expectation. And if Hurts Hurts does develop, you expect them to do that. But I just, if you watch his games, Double T, easy throws. He's he's airmailing. I see a lot of quarterbacks miss easy throws. I see some of the best quarterbacks get in tough situations where they can't make a play. And, they, and throughout this and throughout this season, they're all stars. When they get into a tough situation, they can't make a pass. So the question, the reason I asked the question is this: What is the next step? Is the next step okay? I want him to be more consistent. I want the Philadelphia Eagles now to go into the second round of the playoffs. So let's say if Philadelphia goes to the NFC Championship game, is Jalen Hurts your quarterback of the future? How's he look? I imagine he's had a good season if that's the case, okay. right? <laughs> so, so that's but what I, so He's got to get his completion percentage up. He's okay. got to make good decisions. Okay. And again, they have now surrounded him. Devontae Smith was a great college player and had a good rookie year, but now he's in his second year. These yeah. guys take a jump. They add A.J. Brown, you know, top five, but, top eight receiver in this you game. Need, but good that qu- helps him. But don't, yeah, but good quarterbacks need talent around him, right? No doubt. There you go. So now, if Jalen Hurst is, is in the Thirty percent can't pass the football. Okay, but so I'm asking the question: Ask any young quarterback, any quarterback that's put into this situation, what is the next step? The next step, if I'm hearing most people say that the Philadelphia Eagles now, with the team they have put on paper, should not just only be an Eastern Division winner, right? They should compete for the NFC East title for sure. They should win the NFC East. That's what people are saying. Yeah, I mean, Dallas is favored to win the East, but yes. Dallas has lost some pieces here and there. Their defense is not as strong as, right? Okay. The defense was a big surprise last year, but they did lose a player or two, Gregory and so And so Philadelphia now seems like they should be the favorite to win the East. They should win the East. They should be able to get past the first round of the playoffs. If they don't win the East, and if they flame out in the first round of the playoffs or don't get to the playoffs, now, okay, you say, well, our quarterback didn't get the job done. Okay, well, then, see, now you're giving me something to look at. What's the next step? Next step, either second round of the playoffs, win the Eastern, win, win, win the Eastern Division against the, the worst division in all of football, and now we'll see how we evaluate going forward. I mean, last thing on this, and we'll move on. If, if, if Philly goes 11-6 and six and, and Hurts has a really good year and they lose in the first round to uh, whoever it might be, that doesn't mean Hurts is gone. You know, if it's a playoff game. Anything can happen. It's just the whole process from week one through the playoffs. They're going to yeah. evaluate. That, 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 that's what, and that's why I try to say, say, guys, need to take what's the, what, what's the measuring stick for the next step. Yeah, yeah. it's it's consistency. It's okay. it's completion percent. It's just a lot of things. But uh, I think the because he they, might become their best running back. They've set him up. <laughs> There's no question. Uh, the the Vikings will get an early look at Jalen Hurts and the Eagles. That's a week two Monday night game. One of just two primetime games. In Philadelphia for the Vikes in Philadelphia. Uh, we'll weigh in on the Vikings' schedule. We'll walk through it game by game. As usual, Trent will have them like 13-4. and four. I'll probably have them at 9-8. and 8, and, uh, and three, We'll take it from there. Uh, more NFL conversation when we come back for our <laughs> final segment right after these.
9.39 on a Saturday morning. You are in the zone with Trent Tucker and Dave Sinek in our final segment today. Going over the uh, NFL schedule, the Vikes, uh, we mentioned, will play in Philadelphia week two. Thanksgiving night, double T, at home against the Patriots. That's kind of fun, little Thanksgiving night game. Now, they open up against the Green Bay Packers at home. And uh, the, <laughs> the folks at this radio station will spend the next four months thinking about this matchup. Opening night. Is it an, a, do you think it's a, a purple palace? Who gets the advantage of uh, a week one matchup? Do you think there is an advantage for either team in your mind? With new coaching staff, so Green Bay has no film to know what KOC is going to do. It's probably to catch the Packers early. Packers will not have Elton Jenkins yet for off the ACL. They will not have Robert Tunyon yet off the ACL. Well, yeah, yeah, so if you're going to play Green Bay, I think early is probably it's, it's best preferable. To catch him early because, you know, Aaron Rodgers, who knows where his mindset is going to be between now and opening day. He might decide he wants to go out and hang out in Hawaii the rest of the offseason. No, I don't think that's uh, – I, I think he wants to show that he can run an offense without Devontae without missing a step. I don't know that he can, but I think he wants to try to prove that he can. Yeah. He, he's all in. I, I'm not worried at all about that. Are you sure he's not going to be in some hiatus and over in Hawaii? I don't think so. Okay. No, I don't think so. He's, he's plans to, he does plan to be here this spring. Um, I do think the fact that Green Bay does not have any clue what the Vikings offense is going to look like Who's or want to do. Who's going to play wide receiver this year for the Packers? Has that come to a conclusion yet, or, or we still have time? Well, we still have time. Um, I, I do think they're going to add a veteran receiver to the mix, but – I'm not at all concerned about the Packers okay. wide receivers. I think the offense is set up. And we, I've talked about it. They're 7-0 and and Devontae didn't play over the last few years. So they yeah. were able to win games without Devontae. It's not like things. Remember the Arizona game last year? They go down to, to Phoenix on a Thursday night without their top three receivers. No Devontae, no MVS, no Lazard. And they still beat Arizona. Arizona was okay. Well, they're fine. They were undefeated at the time. And granted, they fell apart. But they, that was a good team. So I'm just, my point is... The the know who's Aaron going to throw to. If it was Jordan Love at quarterback with that receiver room, I would say, yeah, that's that's ugly. But this team, but I guarantee you that Aaron Rodgers would be a whole lot happier with Devontae Adams. Well, there's no doubt okay. he'd love to have Adams. Yeah. I'm not disputing that. But uh, they drafted two guys they really like in the second and fourth rounds. They've got Lazard and Cobb and Sammy Watkins and Amari Rogers in his second year, a third round pick out of Clemson. Correct. But Sammy Watkins double T. If you look at his last three season openers, he has gone off in week one. Yeah. Then he goes into he, witness protection after he that. He's hurried after that, right? Right. So you can probably pencil in a great game six against the Vikings. for 112 and two. I guess the Vikings. Correct. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Um, I do think it's an advantage for the Purple. Is that bad for us? Sammy Watkins is going to have his one great game against us all year? That's what I'm saying. Okay. Correct. Um, I do think it's an advantage for the Vikes to get Green Bay in week one at home, I, for sure. Packers open on the road, it feels, every season. Green Bay has to go to Tampa week three. So two of their first three games, they probably play. Who's game number two against the Lions? Two of their three, the Bears on a Sunday night <laughs> at home. It was either one of those two, right? It's odd that there's not a Packer-Viking primetime game this year. That's unusual. I feel like we've had at least one primetime game more, more years than not. Uh, the Packers get the Bears on Monday night. That's the only division primetime game for Green Bay. The Vikes only have two primetime games all season. They got the Philly game week two, and they got Thanksgiving night here against New England. Other than you that, the only prime time game I really want. What's that? Is playoff time. That's well, a prime time game. Sometimes you get afternoon playoff games. Yeah. You'd be okay with that too, right? Yeah, I want prime. That's a prime time game. Afternoon can be prime time. Green Bay has seven 
basically seven prime seven standalone games when nobody else is playing. They got the five prime timers, they got the London game, and they got a Christmas yeah. Day game in Miami. So they've got seven standalone. Yeah, I want to sneak up on you. Do you? Yeah, when all of a sudden you look around and come, you know, D run playoff time and the right and you look to your right and you see me standing there. <laughs> prime time, to. baby. Uh, Green Bay has to go to Buffalo on a Sunday night. That should be a, a great matchup. Um, they have a three-game road trip in the middle of the year. That's never something you want. And they have a very late bye, week 14. Interesting that both the Vikings and Packers chose not to take the bye week after London, which most most teams do to get your body clocks back. Okay. But I think both games are so early in the season that they didn't want to use their bye up in week five, week six, and then have to play 10, 11 games in a row. Okay. So the Vikes get it pretty much well, week seven, I think. Green Bay's week 14. Uh, which is very late. The Packers have a team by then. They're going to be all beat up. We'll be just fine. Okay. We'll be just fine. All right. We're ready to walk through the Viking schedule. Let's do it. Game by game. Okay. Week one, the Packers, as we just mentioned, are at U.S. Bank Stadium. You've got the Vikes. I've got the Pack. Let's move on. Okay. Week two, Vikes at Philly. Monday Night Football with the Jalen Hurts showing he's ready to take a step against that Vikings defense. I'm not going to vote with my heart. I think Philadelphia wins it. All right. I got Philly as well. An 0-2 start for the purple for me. I got one. Shocking one. for all listening. Right one one. Yeah, I, I've got, I'm keeping okay. track. Don't worry. Right. I'm, I got the sure sure See you're my pad of paper here. here. I got it all worked out. Make sure you're doing your math over there. All right. Lions at home week three. I think we're both going to take the purple to beat Detroit. That's, yep. At home. Then you go to London to face the Saints. A Saints team's very interesting. They just added Jarvis Landry. To go with Chris Olave and Michael Thomas and Jameis, Win Jameis Winston, a quarterback. Is he healthy? Very good defense. Is he, back? Is he ready to go? That's well, I don't know that he injury? can play today, but I think he's expected to be fine. I'm taking the Vikings in London. I'm going to take the Vikings in London as okay. well. Then they come home. Ooh, we're three and one. Hey, here we come. Uh, no, you're not, but let's move on. Okay. Uh, the Bears. Uh, following the London game, you get the Bears at home. Four and one. So you got them four and one. I'll give the Vikings that one as well. You got them four and one too. I've got them at three and two because oh. we disagreed on the opener. Oh, I got my. I thought you said you took the Vikings. No, I took the pack. Oh. <laughs> I took the pack in the opener. We uh, we just moved on from that because that was obvious. Okay. Uh, one, two, three, four, five. Next, we go to Miami, heading into the bye week with a game at Miami. That's a. I said the weather's going to be too hot, hot for them down there. Mid October. Miami. Yeah. You're taking the I'll take Dolphins? Head. Yeah. I will take the Dolphins as well. So I've got them at 3-3 three and three at the bye. You've got them at 4-2 and two at the bye. Okay. Come back with a home game against the Arizona Cardinals. I'm taking the Vikes. I am taking the Vikes as well. Look at you. Now a two-game road trip at Washington at Buffalo. Yeah, split. you got a split. Um, yeah, I'll take them to beat Carson Wentz. I'll take them to lose to Buffalo as well. Those are probably the way you're looking at it, too. Beat, yeah. beat Carson Wentz, lose to Jace, uh, Josh Allen. Yeah. Now a three-game three homestand for your Vikes. So I haven't... What, what, You've got you, them at six and three right now. After nine games. After nine, I've okay. got them at five and four. You have eight games left, right? Uh, that is correct. Three-game, uh, five of these last uh, eight are at home. Okay. Dallas, Sunday, November 20th. You couldn't beat Dallas with a backup quarterback we last year. We won't drop the home. bag this year. You got him beating Dallas. Yeah. All right. I've got Dallas winning that one. Now the Patriots on Thanksgiving night. We see it be the handle Mac Jones. I got the Vikings as well. Okay. Winning on Thanksgiving night. Then the Jets at home we, on Sunday, December 4th. If we can't beat the Jets, we're in, we're in serious trouble. Correct. You will beat the Jets. 
Then you head to Detroit to face the Lions on December 11th. I'm taking the Vikes. I will take the Lions to win that one. You're going to split with the Lions. Packers might split again with the Lions uh, as well. Uh, final two home games, Colts. That's either a Saturday or Sunday, December 17th or 18th. The Colts. With the starting quarterback, Matt Ryan. To town. Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan. That and that defense. Game. That could be a tough game. I agree. But I'm taking the Vikes. Of course you are. That's your 11th win already. Uh, I think the Colts take care of business. That defense is really good. Uh, it's a tough one. That's, to me, the hardest one to figure. Um, but I'm going to just roll with the Colts. Okay. Then your Giants come to town. Oh, yeah. That's a win. That's an easy win. All right, now you close with two uh, road division games at Green Bay on January 1st. What's my record so far? You've got your... <laughs> <laughs> I'm at 12 wins? Yeah, you're 12 and 3. Okay, so yeah, they're probably losing Green Bay. Really? You're going to yeah. give us that one. I Thank you. you. We're going to split. Thank okay, you. We, we've yeah. earned a split with the Vikes. Right, uh, yeah. I will... Uh... We have, do we have a split? Uh, don't we always split with the Vikings? Uh, no, it does not always happen. Oh, no. we always... No, we always no. win in Green Bay, though. No, you don't. Most you, you've won occasionally in Green Bay, but not most times and not always. No. Okay. Uh, I'll take Green Bay to complete the sweep of the purple on January 1st. You can't stop Dalvin Cook. And then at Chicago. Well, Dalvin's not going to be playing by January 1st. <laughs> he will be a distant memory by then. Uh, season finale at Chicago. Uh, are you going to secure that 13th win uh, on the final? Paris, soldier feel is tough on us. We're going 12-5. and five. All right, 12-5. and five. You said uh, you right from the start. We're going to win 12 games. I'm going to actually give you that Bears. I'm going to give you an over 500. I'll go 9 and 8 with the purple. You've got the purple at 12 and 5. Right. Why don't you give me 10 and 7? Well, it could be 10 and 7. We, and, we, and, we got you, you took the Cowboys. I can't believe you took the Cowboys. Dude, I'm just going by what I saw last Cowboys year. Cowboys would be a wreck you know, by then. This time, Dak's likely to play. Cowboys would be a wreck by then. They might be. I'm not going to shed a lot of tears if you guys Where's beat the, the Cowboys. Mar knows the Vikings are going to win that game. <laughs> I'm going to call him up today, too, and rag him about that. 12 wins. That's, um... You said it right from the start. I did. I, I saw it coming. I'm not surprised. It's very optimistic. But you believe the new coach, uh, the schedule's a little more manageable what than he, it looked he, like he, last he, year? He just won a Super Bowl, didn't he? He was part of that, yeah. Okay. He was well, part he, of that. He got, he got a ring? He does. He wants to won a Super Bowl. I didn't say he was a head coach, but he won a Super Bowl. What do you um, make of the reported contract that Tom Brady just signed with Fox Sports? That's but, why. That's why. That's why Troy Aikman and uh, Joe Bucket are ESPN. <laughs> Ten years, three hundred and seventy-five million dollars to call a Sunday football game, and maybe be a little. You know, he probably has to go on that, that thirty-seven a year promotional tour. Thirty-seven five. 37 yeah, five. don't. Uh, yeah, I forgot the point five. The point five counts. I take the point. I can't five even wrap my sunset. head around that kind of money for a, a football analyst. I can't. Well, it, it it's just, more money than he's ever made as a quarterback. It just shows you. It just shows you that money is not an option. So when they tell you that we are losing money, and the owners are hurting for money, and the league is hurting for money, I don't think anybody in the NFL ever tells you that. Money. That's an NBA thing, yeah. NHL thing, baseball thing. That's and not an they, NFL they, they, thing. And they're not hurting for money. You know, it's funny when, Troy, when because uh, Tony Romo makes sixteen or seventeen himself. Right, but this is double that. Right, more than double that. Okay. Um, I, when, when Troy Aikman went to become a broadcaster, I thought, oh, he's going to be terrible. He's just vanilla. And I kind of feel the same way about Brady. I just Now, Aikman's way better than I thought he would be, in my opinion. Aikman's very good. I think he is, too. Um, maybe Brady will surprise me. But I'm a guy I, that can't just, stand Tony Romo either, so I'm kind of against like the Tony? Tony got annoys me. See, Tony talks too much. Yeah, he's just too much. He's but Tony's too, into the game, though. Tony explains the game. I respect the um, enthusiasm. 
but he's just a little too much for me. I, I you know but Tony, what? But, but Tony, Tony takes you inside the game. That's what I like. No doubt. Almost too much, though. Like, they're going to run this. They're going to do that. Yeah, we saw that well, coming. So, you know, that's good. Because yeah, a, lot of guys, a, a lot of people don't do that. Agreed. To a point. I, I feel like he plays that game now a bit too much. Like, you don't have to guess every play. You know, on a key play, give me your prediction. But I don't need that to be your the focus is, of your analysis. Him, right? But that's who he is. Yeah, I suppose. Uh, He's a quarterback. So, Brady, we believe after this season we'll be a Fox broadcaster. We'll see if this is his last year. Uh, we, I doubt it. Well, I think what we've realized is he has no interest in going home, right? I mean, whatever he can do one game a week. to stay on the road is, is okay with Tom game Brady. Where he leaves games on Sunday. He leaves on Saturday afternoon. It's a pretty good gig. Let's close our final couple minutes back where we started Double T. Uh, yes, I know there are three NHL Game 7s tonight. You guys are excited, uh, although your favorite team is out. Uh, there is nothing in sports that uh, brings you more excitement than a Game 7, no matter what sport that is. That's true. So three NHL Game 7s tonight, two in the NBA tomorrow. Uh, that is our bread and butter. Let's go there to finish. Uh, Boston took care of business in Milwaukee last night, dominated really from start to finish. Milwaukee... Close to within four points, middle of the fourth quarter. Jason Tatum took over, 46-9. and nine. Uh, Giannis went 44-20. and 20. It's the role players around them. Those two guys are going to be great tomorrow. And Jalen Brown's going to be great tomorrow. And Jalen Brown's likely to be great as well. Does Milwaukee, and, and you said this earlier, you do believe Milwaukee can win this game. I think Milwaukee's still the team to beat. You believe Drew Holiday will rebound. He had a decent game. He was okay yesterday. It wasn't like he but, was the problem. He had 20 points, I think. He was but fine. Yeah, what, did, what did he shoot from the field? I need him to be consistent from the field. Just like mm-hmm. you said, you need Jalen Hurst to be consistent with his passing. Yes. I need Drew Holiday to be consistent with his shot. I think he, he he's, to me, he's an every other game player. And game seven should be his on game. Giannis would be Giannis. I think uh, Bobby Portis would, would step up and make some plays here or there. You know, a guy like Grayson Allen and Pat Connaughton, you know, they need to make open shots. I don't need them trying to make plays off the dribble. Yeah. Just find a corner, get open. You make plays off the dribble. Sometimes that's a bad thing for us. We'll see if Milwaukee uh, springs Chris Middleton on the Celtics uh, for a cameo in Game 7. But that's the first one tomorrow. Then it's uh, Dallas-Phoenix. The Suns looking to close out Dallas. The uh, number one seed has had a lot tougher road than many thought. Uh, I think we'd both be very surprised, though, if Phoenix does not handle their business. Uh, Phoenix-Golden State Series. Uh, Phoenix will win that probably in six. I'd say in five. Uh, yeah. I think I think Phoenix gets past Dallas and then takes care of business pretty quickly. I think quickly. Boston or Milwaukee will move on to Phoenix. You got, either one Suns, beats yeah. Miami. Yeah. Not so sure. We'll talk about that next week okay, for sure. Sounds good, buddy. Have a good weekend. Enjoy your hockey today as always. Good luck to your boys. Thanks. Uh, for Double T, Trent Tucker. For our senior producer, Brett Blakemore, I am Dave Sinek, and thanks for spending part of your Saturday morning with us. Golf is next. It's T Degree with the common man, Dan Cole. Uh, meet sauce to follow. Live and local on the fan. Enjoy your weekend and, and go catch a fish or two, would you? Peace out.